Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 20. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of a digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, you can grab a free, that's right, a free digital subscription at rootlessliving.com. On this episode, I chat with Reggie and Monica, the duo behind one of my favorite Instagram accounts, at the Wild Rome. And this episode is a little different than what I've been doing in the past, as I'm actually interviewing them to appear in issue number three of the magazine as our creators on the go. So without getting too much more into the episode, let's jump into it now. All right, with that, I want to welcome Monica and Reggie to the show. How are you guys? We're great. Doing well. well. That's awesome. I'm actually really stoked to have you guys on. I mean, it, it, maybe it'll sound like I haven't been stoked to have everyone else on, which I have, but <laughs> I've been a... Yeah, I've been fanboying a little because I think content in itself is getting really kind of stale and you guys crack me up. And it, once you guys get to know me or know the people that know me, it's hard to make me laugh. Like, <laughs> I like out loud, like I'll try. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but some of your guys' stuff has killed me. Like, I'm like, today's a down day. I'm going to go to your feed and uh, lighten up a little. So, I mean, I'm kind of spoiling where we're going, but I thought it would be fun just to mention that's how I found you guys was just through your shenanigans, which I really enjoy. So what I like to do is I want to go back a little before you guys met and then how you guys came together. I think the before story is kind of interesting really with anyone. Um, and I know you guys were, it sounds like you guys were kind of nomads in your own separate lives. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, I had been on the road for only about maybe six months before Reggie and I met up in Tennessee, but we were following each other somewhat at random on Instagram. Um, I didn't even realize which person in his feed he was. I just knew he was funny. And uh, I was the only person on my feed, so I'm pretty sure he put the two together. I thought it might be Miles. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. I disappointed you. Um, But we uh reggie was working on a documentary down in the states i'm i'm from the united states and he's from canada and uh he had kind of put out a, a call to action saying if anyone wants to be a part of this documentary um i had no real interest in being a part of the documentary but it made me realize that he was just meeting up with people and i thought well this is somebody that i should try to meet up with if we're ever just crossing paths on a highway or whatnot so like I do with um some you know randomly with some folks I um I said hey yeah like don't care about the documentary but if you're wherever in the same area we should totally hang out and then Reggie what happened next we hung out <laughs> and then the funny part is is that the documentary never even happened or at least i was just completely and utterly ignored and dropped from the documentary so it basically just came into my life just so i could meet monica and then it just went away which was kind of magical yeah i like that but yeah you, it was it was cool you guys did end up doing something kind of together <clears throat> because some of the early stuff i've seen which is just so funny was more in and around kind of this spoof or were you guys, you know, kind of the Instagram or kind of content creator spoofs, but, or were you guys already together or is that like how you came together? Like bring me along the ride. Yeah. So we, Reggie eventually said, Hey, we should maybe work on our own project together. If it's not the documentary, he'd seen some of the videos I make, which I'm not by any means a professional, but with my cell phone and um, a little bit of of oddness i had put together some 
I guess, uh, interesting enough content to make him want to make things with me. And, uh, so when he reached out and said, well, maybe we could work on our own project. I instantly was like, I actually was just thinking last week about how funny it would be to make a behind the scenes series where you see um, a couple trying to take these romantic Instagram shots with all the perfect colors and, you know, all of that, but then that they actually hate each other. So you only get to see their Instagram side, but like what's actually be ha happening behind the scenes. And if you had a couple that truly hated each other, what would that look like? And I guess, uh, you know, you were interested in it. Well, being a filmmaker, when I hit the road, the thing is, People are really good at being themselves. They're not so good at acting, the average human being. So when I hit the road, it was like, okay, I'm just going to make documentary films. And I thought I'd just make them about other nomads. And I did a series and it was really fun. And for the first time in my four years of being on the road, I looked at this woman sitting next to me and I went, she can act. <laughs> and I just started salivating. I was like, holy F and S, I can actually make, you know, scripted comedy. I can kind of get back to my roots. So when I reached out to her, it was like a bit of a women of prayer, just being like, I need somebody to act with me. And then it was her idea that we were going to play to play a married couple. And I just, oh, you know, Monica's not too hard to look at. So I wasn't too upset about that. <laughs> but it was her idea in truth. And it's her intellectual property still to this day. And I just took it and ran with it and wrote, uh, I think, nine scripts. And we got together and we shot this thing and we kept it uh, totally platonic, which wasn't a problem for Monica, but I had to like <laughs> really try hard just to keep it totally work because I am a filmmaker. So to me, it is a job. It's not just uh, for fun where it might be for some people. Uh, so I kept it very professional. And then by the end, throughout the, sh the series, I just fell deeper and deeper in love. So when we have our rap party in Nashville, I got really, really intoxicated and uh, told Monica I was in love with her. And the rest is history. Now we live together. <laughs> Booze for the win. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a longer her. story behind that where Monica met up with me later in the night and a bunch of guys from Buffalo, because I'm from <laughs> Toronto, got me really, really wasted. And I was like, oh, no, I was planning on telling her I love her without the booze. And then these guys got me really, really drunk. And it just kind of the night just deteriorated. <laughs> anyway, a lot of public crying. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, so obviously you guys are traveling individually and you decide, okay, you know what? Let's, I, let's travel together. And so was it, Reggie, you getting rid of your vehicle? Monica, was it getting rid of what you had? How did that happen? Yeah, we actually took a lot of time in between we met up for a project and then reggie had to go back to canada within the next couple of months it's probably about what a month and a half and then you had to go back or you two. and i met in split February. apart and yeah we split apart in early march and then we were apart for about a month and then yeah we had about a month together i was like hey i'm not leaving the states yet want to hang out like nomadic road date. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually did have it, but it wasn't really much hanging out. You had to hang out with Miles and he babysat my cat from Arizona because I couldn't figure out what to do. So he drove up from Texas. The things we'll do for love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we uh, met up in Utah. We, I, I hitched a ride with him because um, I didn't want to bring my RV all the way back to Ohio. I, I work in tech and uh, I needed to go and spend an uh, extended amount of time in Ohio. I didn't want to bring the RV there. So I hitched a ride with him on his way back up to Ontario, Canada. and um, Which I love because, you know, it was technically we looked at it as our third date. 
and who has their third date will drive across the country together. That's the thing about nomadic love. Like that's just normal to us, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But we, we did long distance that way for a while. Um, so just to explain how, I guess, complicated this is, I'll break it down simply. I live out of an RV that is normally stationed some in another state outside of the company that I work for. The company that I work for when I first started this life was having me travel in every six weeks. Some things happened with it. We're a smaller company. And all of a sudden, I had to start traveling in every week. So I was flying in from whatever state I was in every single week almost for months. And then in between all of that, Reggie and I were trying to get to know each other. So there were periods of time where I'd actually just put my RV in storage and rather than fly back to the RV, I'd fly up to K- Toronto and I'd stay in Reggie's trailer. And we did this. And if it sounds crazy, if it doesn't sound crazy, I haven't done a good job explaining it. If it sounds crazy, it's because it absolutely was. Um, we did this for months. You probably know the dates better than me. Yeah, it'd be six months because I was stuck in Canada for six months. Oh, yeah. Yeah, six months. And then the 10 came and we needed to decide how we were going to spend our time down in the States. Um, I was allowed to come back into the States in December. So, you know, it would have been, it just would have cost a lot of money and gas to have to have two different rigs. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. I didn't want him to be following me with a trailer. I mean, I guess it would have been nice if I was mad at you. I could have been like, go to your trailer. (laughs) Instead of, I'm going to the couch. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we we decided to retire uh, Franny, which is uh, Reggie's trailer for the for the season, uh, because I drive around in a 34 foot RV and the trailer is what? 10? Yeah, 70 square feet. 7 by 10. Yeah, we've stayed in it together. It's, it's just way too, I mean, you just put your cup down on the counter and it's dirty. The entire, <laughs> the entire trailer. Yeah. So dirty. for me, it's like, I moved into a palatial estate when Monica invited me to live in her RV. It was like, holy jumping. I'm going from 70 square feet to a 34 foot box. I'm like living the Miller High Life over here at Trademark. And I thought it was funny that the seven by 10 had a counter. That's where you threw me when you said you put the coffee on a counter. How did that thing have a counter? Yeah, and you might not want to put the coffee there because I usually peed into the sink. So, <laughs> Good times. Yeah, there you go. Trailer life. Folks, we um, just found out where the coronavirus started. Uh, yes, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a big adjustment for me. Having just cupboard space and when Monica gave me a place to put my clothes, I was like, I get all of this. She's like, it's a cupboard. Don't get too excited. <laughs> I was living in 70 square feet for four years. So it really is a big deal for me and a big adjustment. And I've had a blast because I've just been like, when, when Monica goes on work trips now, I reno it and been doing work inside. And it's weird to have place. And I, in my trailer, I could only stand up straight in one spot. Whereas in the RV, I can just walk around without having to crouch. It's nice, actually. Wow, you really roughed it. I, I actually feel like, you know, people get upset about the word camping, you know, when we're RVing. But I think when you're in something that's 10 by 7 or pop-up or teardrop, I still think you're really camping. Oh, I always said, I, it's funny, long story, very short. My dad was an avid outdoorsman and then he was so excited to have a child and he was like, oh my God, a son, somebody I can go canoeing with. And I am an, was an absolute dud. Like I just sat inside and played video games as a kid. I was afraid of bees. So I never went outside and I'm not exaggerating. Like I never went outside. So my poor dad, he died when I was 18 and we never got to do the outdoors thing. And uh, I wrote an article about this for a publication, how dad, 
look at me. Now I live outside all year round. Because to your point, my trailer really was a glorified tent. There was no insulation. It was just four walls that leaked like crazy just to keep the wind and rain kind of off of me. And I did. I camped for four years. Four walls and a bucket of piss under the sink. It was a jar, but yeah. That <laughs> doesn't sound like camping. It sounds like county jail at this point, which is awful. Yeah, my, my cellmate was uh, quite abusive as well. So. He kept calling me go. fish. It was odd. <laughs> That's terrible. That was awful. Sorry we went there. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fine. I think people, I think the background of stuff, because it's funny too, a lot of people that go into this full time have no background in any kind of like trailer camping. They're, they're seeing it on Instagram and they're saying, oh, you know what? We could do that. And they have no background. I mean, I, I fall into that, even though I wasn't influenced. I actually thought I made up this idea when I said, well, why don't I just get a trailer and travel the country? I basically then stepped in an RV for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. I have no experience. And there's lots of people that I'm finding out that's, the situation now monica did you have any kind of experience in rv life before you went kind of rv nomad no i'd only been into um i'd i'd been backpacking i i'd done tent camping many many times but i had only been in a trailer or rv once when i was 11 i went with a friend on the on her family's camping trip and that was it um it was petrifying too the rv that i own is pretty old it's a 93 and uh it had low mileage but as far as everything else outside of the engine holding together very debatable gotcha do you guys run into any problems going to campgrounds that have those uh 20-year rules or no (laughs) (laughs) i I hope uh, you know if you get into the rv thing and you buy a vintage especially not a pretty vintage prepare for the most rejection of your life (laughs) And I worked in the film industry. Yeah. <laughs> I rejected more with a damn RV than I ever did with any projects that never got made. Yeah. Yeah, it's nonstop. It's a pain in the butt. And, you know, I don't blame them. I guess they're trying to run a business and keep their, their RV parks pretty. I don't know if it's an insurance thing. Like, this is liable to catch fire at any second. <laughs> I know. I do think it's weird because if it's a classic classic, if it's like a, a 50s chrome or, you know, Airstream, stainless steel Airstream, whatever, they're like, come on in. You know, mine's a 2017. I don't run into that issue, but I have seen people or have heard of that. And I also never see schoolies. So obviously schoolies aren't allowed in these campgrounds is either in a lot of these campgrounds. I see them boondocking all the time, but not in campgrounds. So I just always wonder. Some people say they never run into it. It's interesting to hear that you had those situations. Oh, yeah. Well, we have, uh, typically, it's when we stay at a place longer, they want to know how how ugly your vehicle is <laughs> before they will accept you for a longer period of time. Like, if it's like, they don't ask if it's like a one date thing, you know, they're getting their free steak dinner, then they head out. And then we head out. It's like, whatever. But if we're going to be here for a whole month, we get we definitely get questioned a lot more. Um, but then also, uh, I think that what's funny is even the places that, that accept us and that don't have any rules around that when we're here, I think they're extremely disappointed. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. rough. We're an eyesore. There's a, uh, we belong to, I don't know if I'm not supposed to say this, but we belong to a thousand trails, mm-hmm. uh, system. And, uh, there have been, there was one time where we came in, um, as soon as they opened up in the morning, we weren't supposed to come in overnight. And this man came and found us and thought that we had come in in the middle of the night. And they were apparently really protective over that. And he actually pointed out as he was yelling at Reggie, um, you're with, you're with that RV with the, with the awning hanging out a little bit. Is that you? 
And you just know whenever people point things out like that, which yes, I had had another issue with my awning, um, that that they're just very disappointed that we are in their presence. Yeah, and he made me like circumcise the awning, which is the funny thing. I actually had to pull a picnic table over to the side of the RV, climb up, and snip some of the tip off of it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just to appease this park ranger who was screaming at me. So. <laughs> That's a good little instance of what you're asking about for sure. Also, one other one other quick thing is my RV is an airstream. It's just the ugly airstream that they decided to make for a period of time. Um, every other airstream is silver, um, so they will they will sometimes say, "Oh, you know what model do you have?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a '93 airstream." And then they're like, "Okay, yeah, we we normally accept those. Can you send a photo?" And I just instantly go, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> You don't even want to send fake photos. You don't want to totally catfish them. No, <laughs> yeah, Look at no, this one. No, no. That's worth 300 grand. We've got to let them in. Yeah, exactly. I always thought when people ask me about my trailer, oh, you're going to have your trailer forever. And even when I first got it, like probably, I don't know, eight years ago now, I always said, nope, she's not my end game. I'm going to end up with an Airstream. That's my dream. And then I met Monica <laughs> and it isn't quite the Airstream I was expecting, but hey, I got my dream. <laughs> you got to be very specific in your vision boards. You be vague <laughs> well and ambiguous with just Airstream because well played. Yeah, I got yeah. snuckered on that one. You did. You got to really. You got to make sure it's the silver one. You got to know the year, the bunkhouse, what you want. <laughs> well, this is cool. I mean, I I enjoy that you guys met kind of in the nomadic lifestyle. I do have. You know, it's funny. I, I recently got an email for someone kind of calling me out that I wasn't highlighting solo travelers. And in the last issue of the magazine, we did do two, and we actually have an idea for a magazine in and around solo travelers, just because there is a big segment of it. But the funny thing I, I find, and I wanna hear from you guys, is that when this kind of email came in, it was like, there aren't a lot of people that are solo traveling, and you know now I feel like I'm all alone. And I'm like, there are tons of people solo traveling. I, I'm not a solo traveler, but I've ran into them and talked to them. How did you guys feel when you were solo traveling? Was it hard to meet other solo travelers? I just felt not that hard, but I don't, I'm not a solo traveler, so. I want to speak to people that did do that and if it was hard meeting people. Uh, I don't think it was difficult to meet people, but I will say that I'm a, probably a little bit more private. I was very, very happy just kind of doing my own thing, waking up at truck stops or campgrounds or out in the woods, going on my hikes or grabbing, you know, uh, my coffee from the truck stop. <laughs> And uh, I was very happy with that. I definitely met up with some people along the way. Um, I definitely, you know, had utilized some of my really rad friends to just kind of stay in their backyards and stuff. I've got friends in a lot of different states. And I was actually really surprised being solo at how many people reached out to me uh, via Instagram, uh, men and women, um, all different ages that were interested in hanging out one of them being Reggie. I mean, I was doing solo travel for really a, a year until he moved into uh, the Airstream with me. So I think it's just about how much effort you're wanting to put in, you know, and how open you are. Um, because where I was probably a little bit more private, a little bit more closed off, I still got to meet people. And Reggie is not really private or closed off. And I feel like you've got friends all throughout the United States from your travels. That's funny because I lived in the same place for 31 years, Toronto, Ontario, and I just had my little bubble and I was happy in my little bubble. I didn't know anybody around the world and that was okay. And then I had a relationship end and she took the house 
and I took the trailer. I really lost out on that one. <laughs> but I won, kind of, because, like Monica said, uh, it's been four years now of traveling around North America, and I have friends in every single pocket, uh, every single corner, all the way up to the Yukon up near Alaska, uh, all the way down to Florida on the other corner. But I'm also a walking contradiction, is the funny thing, because I am. I look like I would be an extrovert. I'm actually a hardcore introvert. It's a very, very deep thing that I had to discover through therapy. We won't get into that unless you want to turn this into a therapy session. Oh, God. Uh, but the thing is, I thought uh, going into this lifestyle, I was like, thank God, I'll just be able to isolate myself and be alone and not talk to anybody. Thank the heavens. Oh, my God. Go into a campsite and just everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to talk 24-7. So I just find it funny that the question I got all the time when I was a solo traveler is like, are you lonely? I have never been around more people, like even when I don't want to be, than camping. I mean, it's easy to get really lost if you want to, but for the most part, there are people everywhere, all over the place that want to talk, especially I had a very flashy trailer, and that's where the contradiction part comes in. Of course, everybody wants to talk to me. So I would say this, for anyone that is feeling like solo travel could be isolating, I think, you know, I kind of heads down grunt at people and Reggie always gives everyone an enthusiastic hello even you know no matter what so I go the Reggie route of an enthusiastic hello and you'll probably end up with way more friends you'll be you will look so popular and you'll see why Monica and I are a good couple she does not say a word when we're around people and I just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's why if you're in the thousand trail system too you learn it's hard to be outside because you got to wave at all the golf carts going by. Oh my God, the you waving. I <laughs> suit, just... We just got to a thousand trails for the first time. Actually, I guess on this trip. Yeah, since I've been back down here. So first time in three months. And as soon as we got back in, the wave came back and, I, and my wrist was a little bit, uh, <laughs> you know, a little bit tight. I hadn't been waving for the last summer, but it came back and I'm used to it again. And yeah, Everybody's really sweet for a thousand trails, that's for sure. I do like that the lifestyle it's very rare that someone will knock on the door. I mean, a knock on the door is really made for emergencies. It's not like, hey, you guys want to come out and talk? And that part I like because I, I forget what it's called. What's the in-between and extrovert introvert? I always want to say omnivert, but I don't think that's it. I think that is it. Is it? I always get this stuff wrong. So I feel like I'm in the middle. I get energy as an only child being by myself, and I get a lot of energy being around and interacting. But I definitely like that I can just close the door and everyone's away. But once you go outside, everyone wants to talk. And I do like that aspect of it. If I want interaction, I can go outside and within a minute or two, there's someone walking a dog or riding a bike that'll stop and talk to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't have the flashy trailer, but it's almost six foot seven. It's one of those things where people want to come up and say something they can't say to anybody else. Oh my gosh, look how tall you are. And because you can't walk up to someone and say how fat you are. <laughs> how short you are how, you know what I mean like you can't do any of that but for some reason tall is one of those things that anybody can just point out and ask ridiculously stereotype questions but whatever I don't want let's <laughs> not get into my therapy that? either okay <laughs> <laughs> so now you're together you're on the road you're creating which you know I'm a content connoisseur I enjoy so much content and the content you guys are putting out is fabulous if no one's ever really watched it yet on Instagram I think what you guys do is gonna get copied I am like I want to copy it it's so smart is it's a carousel and the first one's a photo and then you swipe and it's usually a video of you guys kind of talking about the photo and the interaction between you and the things that happen and just the way that it's edited and cut is just really simple and funny but it's you guys it's just the way you guys talk and interact 
it doesn't seem very scripted. I know you're talking about acting. It kind of just seems like, well, let's put the camera and we'll talk it. We'll see where it goes. Especially if the cat, you know, Miles isn't trained enough to just run through your scene every once in a while. You're not bringing in sound effects of cars driving around and making a lot of weird kind of strange noise. But that stuff is what really, I think is really funny and entertaining and different. And I guess I say that long-winded thing because as I'm watching content being created, I think everyone's just trying to copy what's popular as opposed to figuring out what works for them. And I mm-hmm. see you guys just figuring out something that works for your style. And, and it's, it, it's a little bit of a play off of what you guys did in around this like, you know, influencer kind of spoof stuff, but where it's a lot more like natural and funny. I mean, obviously you guys take great photos and maybe there's, I don't even know if there, is there any kind of just shame in the fact that you guys take great photos and it's like, look, we don't want this Instagram feed and it's all these great photos and people don't know that there's a whole this other story. So let's do these little video clips that bring people into it. And this, and a lot of your photos are funny too, just the way they're shot. Tell people how you guys came up with that. I want to hear the story. Yeah. I think that you hit the nail on the head a bit there. When we were talking about creating our own Instagram, one thing we didn't want to lose out on was our personalities. And we wanted to make a profile that was definitely a more curated, more professional, more travel-esque type profile. But, you know, if you follow our private accounts, it's a lot of goofier photos, a lot of silly captions. And while I would say that Reggie's is a little bit more curated visually, yours was very silly. And where mine was maybe visually a little bit more like your travel-esque, I wasn't, the, the, profe- the, the photos were just taken on my phone. So we were battling that. that. That was a big conversation for us because we we definitely know that the way our personalities work together is what we enjoy the most about ourselves, you know? And so I wouldn't expect somebody else to meet us and go, wow, I, re- I really like the shoes that they pick out. I think that they would like the pers- our personalities as well. So I think it just really mattered to to us to create an environment where people could have fun, but also could enjoy the the pictures that we take. We put a lot of work in, you know, um, I'm sure you understand this. A lot of work goes into creating content. Even when I was just taking it with my phone, the the thought process, the, the posting once a day, the coming up with some, you know, caption that's worthwhile, that doesn't just feel cheap. It, it's difficult and it's a challenge. And I do think that a lot of folks, um, you know, see what's working for others and they kind of copy it because that's what they're, they're, they're comfortable with. We just work, we're just comfortable with a lot more than that. (laughs) And you're also right in that the, the clips that we take, those are not scripted. Uh, This is just how we talk to each other. In fact, a lot of times we'll just be hanging out and I'm like, man, I wish we had just recorded that because some of the things that come out of our mouth, like I even look back on it. And I'm embarrassed for myself <laughs> constantly. I'm like, oh my God, I said that. And then I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's me. I can't help it. Yeah, I'll remind her some of the things she says to me. She's like, really? <laughs> yeah, that does <laughs> me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the scripted thing was a big deal, how that came about. Because the way Monica and I met was that I was so excited to make a scripted comedy. So I wrote these nine episodes called Road Couple and we shot that. But the funny thing was, after we shot the, the series, which was scripted and, and very planned, uh, Monica and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, we should do a little bit of like press for the, for the show, you know, so we can post them on our Instagram stories. So we sat down and we recorded exactly what we do for each of these photos. She and I just sat in front of the camera and we totally, completely and utterly improv. And it lasted for like two hours. 
And after it was done, Damien, it was like having the hottest sex ever. That's what it felt like. Covering my ears. Yeah, Monica doesn't like this. But the chemistry was just absolutely effing insane. Like, it was crazy. And afterwards, I remember thinking, why the heck did we shoot all this scripted stuff? Like, the improv chemistry we have is insane. But at that point, our time was running out, and it was time to part. And I was like, oh, that was a bummer. I really like doing that. So when the time came around for us to do our Instagram account, which was in the works for a long time, we've been talking about doing this since, like, mid-summer, maybe even early summer. That came in as a part of it. It was like, well, remember how much fun we had doing that improv bit for Road Couple? And Monica had a good point of, in terms of algorithm, it's probably better to have people in the posts a little bit longer. So an entertaining one-minute video to go with the photos seems like a smart thing to do and honestly of all of the things I've ever made which are maybe more polished more scripted more planned the most fun that I have as a filmmaker is sitting down and improving with Monica because it's chemistry that cannot be faked it's something that I've never had with another I'm gonna start crying uh oh, with another no, the therapy <laughs> session is gonna happen no matter what well and it's funny too because when we were parting I remember bawling my eyes out telling her that I've never ever in all my years worked with somebody that I've connected with on just even just a pure work level as Monica and honestly is my creative soulmate I'm gonna cry um and it was such a blessing to find her now the one thing I will say that um I'm so grateful for all the compliments that you gave us but Damien if we had a 50 hour day the amount of content you would see from us you wouldn't be able to turn your head without seeing us we have a spreadsheet full of ideas and we just don't have the bloody time to do it monica works full time on the weekends we barely get time to go explore the places we're in we have so much content we want to bring people and we're really only scratching the surface right now so i just want everybody to stay tuned i guess and i feel like if anyone deserves where their content is being able to support their lifestyle so you know you're not worried about the money through friday grind in a sense even though creating content is a complete grind i do hope it's you guys because i think this stuff is that fresh you know what i mean like it's just that kind of like it's just good like i watch it i'm like this is it they they're on it they've got something really good and again you know with content it's not going to be for everyone some of my listeners right now are going to run over and be like i don't know what damien was talking about i don't get this at all you know why is he like that doesn't make any sense and that's fine because that's the great thing about content it's not for everyone i just i I agree with you guys on the chemistry level on the improv stuff Um, because even watching some of the earlier stuff where it's you know definitely scripted at different camera angles and there's a lot of thought put into it it's still not it doesn't compare to just you guys putting a camera in front of you and talking which might be tough because of the amount of work that goes into exactly yeah you're telling something yeah yeah no so (laughs) i am preaching to the choir and all that it's still very funny and very good but once you see what you guys just do in your everyday life, and I really want it to almost be an example to people that sometimes when you're overthinking something and scripting it and you already have kind of good chemistry, it's good to go with that. And, you know, something I've talked about recently, too, is if your lifestyle is what's engaging people, you're on a thin kind of ice because if your lifestyle ever changes, if right now people are only following you because of the RV and you guys decide to build a home, you could lose a lot of content, but if people are watching you because of you, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Smart. They're watching you because of you. So it's a, it's a really smart path to build the relationships because of who you guys are, which I think is what your content is. I think if you guys built a house or went to Europe or you know what I mean, just stayed in a cabin while it snowed for six months, it'd still be really good content. 
Yeah, thank you. I'm, yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see you guys do more. So, Monica, you are still working Monday through Friday, as Reggie just said. Reggie, are you doing freelance? Or are you just sitting around taking care of the cat? What's going on with you, my man? I'm mainly a stay-at-home husband. Cool. I have worked a little bit. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. I was going to ask sense. right now. I was like, wait, when did I miss that invite? No, just kidding. I, oh, I, cool. I, I tell her constantly. I'm like, I love being your husband. It's a running <laughs> gag that we have where she's like, boyfriend. You're my boyfriend. I'm like, oh, we are clearly more than a boyfriend. Please don't call me yucky boyfriend. I'm at least your partner. Anyways. She asterisked it really fast, though, I will say. Damn right. I had to. I, 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 knew, I knew he would know what to do with that. <laughs> Every time. Anyways, I'm like yeah. a stay-at-home partner. Um, I have worked a little bit. I can't work while I'm in the States. Obviously, True. I'm foreign. I'm Canadian. Uh, I, when I first hit the road, Canadian companies would off, often fly me home for film projects, or they would send me a lot of, I do visual effects, I do editing, I do, I can make a film from A to Z, as we say up north, A to Z <laughs> for Americans, and I, I always got just sent stuff, but you know, out of sight, out of mind, out of sight, out of mind, the further I've been away from home, the less work I get, and that's just a uh, the first year I hit the road, I was prepared to never work again, to be completely honest with you. I was leaving the industry completely. And I've had some really great friends that keep me in the loop. And I've gotten a little bit of work. I've maybe had like four projects since I've been down here. But honestly, I've been just working around the house, RVing. Uh, sorry, I meant to say renoing, renoing the RV. And just doing what I got to do to take care of my lady who's bringing home the bread. And uh, yeah, once I get back to Canada, I'll get back into work mode. Uh, I work my butt off that I make enough to be able to I'm never in any trouble I've never missed a bill in my life and I can sustain a full year's worth of whatever I want by working six months which is great but I am starting to look into the states and figuring out what that will look like and making He's pretty those. serious about the husband thing I'm extremely serious about the husband <laughs> I was actually supposed to propose on February 16th which was our Monica knows all this it's not a surprise it was what? stop at you uh it that was our the date that we met a year ago february 16th but then it turned out that it was a moving day so it kind of foiled my plans and then it was really funny monica does not wear jewelry at all zero jewelry so i thought okay i can just get kind of like a joke ring because she'll never wear it anyway so i'm looking around at like really ugly ring weird rings that go like this <laughs> oh yeah like a ring pop i was gonna do something ridiculous and then just casually we started talking about it and she's like no i would wear it I'd wear it 24-7. I was like, oh, you're kidding. She's like, no, I'm deadly serious. I was like, oh, I got to rethink That's all That's what this. I found it like. Yeah, you were I like a drill deadly sergeant. serious. You will get me the ring and you will put it on my finger. And you put a knife to my neck. It was like the whole thing. <laughs> and so I'm currently trying to, I've never bought a ring before. I've never even considered buying a ring. And now I'm trying to figure out this whole new arena and it's really weird. So we would be engaged. So I've prolonged this. You've, yeah, you're stretching out <laughs> the tap. Definitely. <laughs> It's the mix, it's the mix signal. This might never might happen. Never happen. <laughs> I was walking through a Walmart and saw $8.99 engagement rings. And I thought oh, it went through my head. That, that's my head. interesting because I thought like, that's got to be really weird. If it has to get resized and she's not like in on it where it's like, Oh no, we can go. We just have to stop by Walmart real quick. Why? What are we getting before we go to the ring place? Ring. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. But the wedding bands were $25. I was like, this is actually, it's stepping up. It's stepping up their game. Um, so let's get into the, the, the Canadian thing's kind of interesting too. So I, I know a little that you, you can't work while you're here and you can only spend about six months, even though there's not really someone that's stamped 
something that says you better be back in, you know, 180 days or we're going to come after you. But how's that working out? Do you, are you guys going to go back to Canada together and stay there? How are you guys going to do this? We don't know yet. We've got a little bit of time to figure it out. Um, the nice thing is I, I do get to work remotely with my job. I just have to be back fairly often. Right now it's every other week. So um, I think it just, ma- it, it just matters on if Reggie can get a work visa to extend his stay down here. Otherwise, uh, it is your year where you can be anywhere in Canada. You don't have to be in Ontario. So we've got some options there too, to maybe, you know, be up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I'm trying to work. I have friends who own a company down here in the States and um, they're going to sponsor me, hopefully to get a work visa is what we're trying to work on. And I actually will work for them. It's not, I'm not faking it. Trump, if you're (laughs) listening, I'm not pulling some visa shit. Uh, I actually would be working for them. So I'm trying to work that out and it would be my first full year in the States. And in terms of kind of like the, the, I don't know, the nuts and bolts of it, essentially I have to be in my province for five months out of the year. And that's to keep my health insurance. Like the Canadian, everybody gets health insurance. You have to be in your province for five years, at least for Ontario. Uh, But every three years you get a leave of absence. So this is my, my leave of absence year. So I can just be anywhere in the world if I want. I don't even have to go home, but I can only stay in the States for 183 years uh, I wish 183 days a year, but here's, Easy, something, Noah. That, yeah. <laughs> here's something really important for anyone who's snowboarding. They don't tell you this. This isn't obvious, but it's incredibly important. If you want to avoid qualifying as an American taxpayer, you can only do 124 days per year. And then you can come down and you never have to fill out any paperwork. I got screwed on this one. I didn't know this until last year because I was doing the full 183 days, I now qualify as an American taxpayer. So I have to fill out forms with the IRS every year. So that's a really important note for anyone who ever wants to snowbird. If you go over that 124 days, over three years consistently, you qualify as a taxpayer. And I did not know that. And I got, I got hooped on that one. So Oof. yeah. That is rough. And then also too, I mean, within Canada, there's only certain amounts of time you really want to be in Canada if you don't enjoy the snow especially you know maybe not on the Pacific coast side of it but where you're from you guys only have like three months of kind of being out and doing things kind of weather again unless you like the snow do you do you run your calendar around that that when you're back in your province it's usually kind of nice weather and then you come down here that's the funny thing it's a weird physiological reaction i lived in the winter for 31 years of my life so i am so used to four seasons i'm worse i'm used to digging myself out you know digging my car out of snow banks and then as soon as i started snowboarding it was the most bizarre feeling emotionally physically when i would leave canada and the weather was still nice i'd get down to the states i would hang out in the sun and then my time would you know, laps in the States and I'm getting ready to go home and I go, Oh, I'm going back to the winter. And then it would, it would quite literally take, you know, two or three minutes for me to realize, Oh my God, the weather's back to nice in Canada. I missed the cold. (laughs) Whoa. And it was, I'm not kidding you for the first year, first three years, I think it was like a legit adjustment to be in perpetual summer. Really, really weird for somebody who's born in the cold to be in perpetual summer. But I will admit, there was times where I would, they flew me home a couple times in February, and I would step outside of that airport in like a t-shirt, and it would be, you know, minus 15 degrees Celsius, like 
five degrees Fahrenheit and I would just love it. Like I truly am Reggie Winterborn. I love the cold. Um, maybe I don't, I, I don't think I can take it as much anymore, to be honest with you. I've lost a bit of my hardness, but I still love it. And I love the crispness and yeah. Well, it's, that's it's why we're weird. spending so much time in snow covered areas this season. That's I was true. thinking about you. Oh, thank you, baby. You're Aww. so sweet. <laughs> the Reno Mountains. I wanted to put us both through punishment for your benefit. So you guys are getting married. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I think I just did. I just propose. Both, it sounds like it. Punishment for both of you forever. Yeah. Marriage. Take this mug as a ring. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I am actually kind of the opposite. So I spent the majority of my life in Los Angeles, and so to leave just Southern California, and actually we only have one season. It's just summer, you know, mm. with a couple of days of rain and that's it to actually, you know, palm, like everyone's like palm trees don't change colors. You know, they are always green or they're dead. Those are the two things. And so for me to experience like cold weather for the first time, and I haven't even gotten into like the kind of cold weather you were talking about, Reggie, but I mean, I've hit in some twenties. I was in Louisiana when it snowed for kind of the first time in a decade or whatever, and it stopped the entire city. <laughs> Love those situations. There's like cars on fire, buildings are blowing up, and there's only half an inch of snow on the ground. Or it's like four inches of rain in California. That happens too. It shuts the city down. People from California don't know how to drive in the rain, and it's just a weird, but you are right. You get used to it, and it takes a while. And I always laugh when I'm in like maybe 60 degree weather and you see that person in the parka walking around, you're like, hey, how long you guys been out of Arizona? <laughs> no, instantly, because they're yep. freezing and it's 60. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Monica, I was gonna ask you, I mean, this is, I try to keep these things not timely, but this is kind of interesting. With you having to fly back all the time, is there any worry with the work with coronavirus? I see a lot of people that are traveling for work or coming back in that that's getting shut down. And that makes me kind of laugh. I'm just wondering if you're running into the work saying, no, you're cool, stay where you are. Uh, they they did start to put that offer out there where we do not have to travel as much. Um, I said, you know, if I catch it, do I have to use PTO towards it? That that was my that, that was the only awesome. thing I care about. <laughs> I was like, look, I don't mind. I don't mind flying around. I don't mind catching coronavirus, but do I have to use PTO? Because if I have to use PTO, and the response was, yeah, we'll just quarantine you, you know, at your hotel. And I'm like, uh, I might be pulling out of all of this travel. <laughs> Right. But yeah, I have thought about it quite a bit. I'm following the coronavirus. I, I, I'm a video game player and I used to play a, a game that had to do with spreading a virus around. It was a strategic game and I became very good at it if I do say so myself. And so I feel like maybe I shouldn't be gamifying um, an entire, you know, World Health Organization's desperate calls for us to not be spreading the, the, the virus around. But I think we're going to be okay. I'm seeing the strategy of this virus and I just don't think it's enough to wipe us out. And uh, I also, I do think that, that folks that are over a certain age or that are already sick should be definitely uh, staying yeah. away. But for me, I feel like if I catch it, actually I'm going to be the cure. So it's more so like a catch me if you can situation right now. And then when they get me, I'm actually going to tell them how to solve it. There you go. I did hear that the Cure's like old albums are like selling really well right now too. I think that's really funny. Like do people are people like on Amazon? Oh my gosh, I found the Cure. I'm going to order this. It's 89.95. I don't know what it's supposed nice. to be. Yeah, it's so funny. To me. Especially cuz they're buying yeah, eight tracks and 
Exactly. How do I put this into my iPod? <laughs> exactly. That Wait, was the lamest a... joke ever. <laughs> Thank you for laughing, both of you. Was, well, I was trying to figure out what's an iPod. Yeah. <laughs> Who has an iPod, Reggie? Ah, uh, damn it! <laughs> I outed myself. In Canada, we haven't we haven't gotten past the iPod yet. So. Oh, okay. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> so, what's in the? I want to make sure people know how to find you guys. But what's in the the near future? What do you guys have uh, going on? And then let's talk about where people can find you. If there's anything you need to announce, if you don't, you can skip right to how people can find you. Um, we are working on, we have a couple of different, more series-esque type concepts we want to work on. Reggie's been doing, as he's stated, re some renovations around the RV. So there's a funny series that he's been working on with that. Um, and then I think outside of that, we, I mean, we have a lot of plans, but it's, we've got at least five years worth of plans right mm -hmm. now. So just a slow move on getting those things to come to fruition. Um, we're active on that, so it shouldn't take too long. But what, what about you? Do you have anything that you want to? No, that's about it. We're heading down to, we're in Northern California right now. We're going to Southern California. We're going to Hawaii. That's going to be fun. Monica and Reggie, the Wild Rome, do Hawaii. Or do you like do Hawaii or Hawaiian style? What do you like more, Monica? Uh, we'll talk about okay, it. Okay, the Wild Room Hawaiian <laughs> style. Uh, and then after that, my time in the States is up. So either I'm getting a work visa and we're living in the Pacific Northwest, or I have to go live in Toronto uh, and we'll figure out our life from there. That's about it. I mean, yeah, in terms of content, we're, we're a little worried that we're going to have to split and our content's going to suffer for it. That's actually the biggest concern. Well, aside from like our emotional missing, of course. Uh, and that's about it. We're working on stuff for our website, thewildroam.com. And we're getting our YouTube page up and going and continuing with Instagram. That's about it. This is kind of... That's a lot. I know. We're so apologetic. I know. We're not doing it. We enough. work like 30, 30 hours a week on, <laughs> on top Canadian of our normal. Me. It's just constantly, I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so, <laughs> so sorry we're spending so many yes. hours. <laughs> it hurts. But just in case you didn't pick it up, on Instagram, they're at the Wild Roam as well. Again, I'll tag all this stuff down at the bottom so people can find it pretty quickly. And we didn't really talk about Miles Davis. You have a 15-year-old cat that's got some pretty good personality too, which is nice. But I do, I want people to connect with you. If you have any questions about solo travel, you know, keep them respectful, obviously, but reach out to them because it's kind of neat to see two solo travelers end up together. And I like it. It's the first of a kind so far on my podcast. And I keep looking for interesting new kind of content. And I'm glad I found you guys. We're glad you found us. Yeah, we, we, we've loved, um, I, I follow you guys on your, the magazine, the digital version, at least. It's really hard to get mail. So, um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed finding you guys as well. And it's one of the main reasons why I, I warmed up to Instagram is being able to, to meet creatives like Reggie and you, Damien. So thanks for having us on. Well, that was another fun episode. If you've ever been thinking about creating content around your lifestyle or your business, I really want you encourage you to do it. And then try to see if you can find a way to do it differently than anyone else. Because remember, different is better than better. Now, before you hit stop, can you do me a favor and share this podcast on your favorite social media channel? And don't forget to tag us. It really does help getting the word out about not only the podcast, but if you could also do it for the magazine, it really helps getting the word out. And if you think you know someone that would make a good guest, or that guest might even be you, please send an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com and let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.